Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Good evening. My name is Taylor Wolf, one of your hosts for The Sages Among Us. And my guest tonight is Ken Blix, who is the Emergency Preparedness Coordinator for the Nevada County Department of Public Health. Welcome, Ken. Thanks for coming on with me tonight. Thanks, Taylor. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you on as well. Uh, we'll start off with a quick bio for you. Ken Blix is the Emergency Preparedness Coordinator for Nevada County Public Health. Prior to her current role with public health, Kim worked with Nevada County's Department of Social Services, Freed Center for Independent Living. She also currently volunteers with Nevada County Search and Rescue. Her experience with travel, volunteering, service, and medicine led her to what she does today, working with Nevada County healthcare providers and other critical partners. In addition to serving as Nevada County Department of Public Health Emergency Preparedness Coordinator, she is also the chair of the Emergency Preparedness Interagency Coalition, operations co-chief of the county's Emergency Operations Center, and the Medical Health Operational Area Coordinator designee. Her many roles give her the opportunity to bring people together and develop partnerships that strengthen our community's readiness, response, health, and adaptability. Kim is lucky to live in the same county as her mother, brother, sister-in-law, nieces, and nephews. She lives in Nevada City with her fiancé, Greg, and her dog, Piper. So, Kim, you know, even just from your bio, we learned that, that you were raised here. Um, it sounds like you have a lot of family in, your, in, in the area. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Nevada County for you and, you know, if you were civically engaged when you were younger? Yeah, thanks, Taylor. Um, yeah, how lucky I am to have grown up in Nevada County. My parents made really wise decision back in 1989 um, to move to the county, and I was just just a wee thing at that time. So um, I grew up going to school at Deer Creek and Seven Hills and Nevada Union. So I'm a Nevada City kid. Um, I actually. One of my first volunteer jobs was junior auxiliary, otherwise known as candy striper at Sierra Nevada Memorial Hospital. Um, so it's, it's pretty neat to see that come full circle as I work with them on a daily basis now. Um, my first real job was lifeguarding at Memorial Park Pool. I had Sandy Jacobson um, from the Grass Valley Parks and Rec Department at the time uh, as, my, as my boss. She was wonderful. And I think I was at that pool for six straight summers. So I, I did a lot of um, maturing and and growing up and adventuring here in Nevada County. It was a wonderful time. And, you know, talking offline before this interview, it sounded like you, you have some experience, and as we learned in your bio, uh, traveling. But I think this started quite young for you. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and and where you traveled, what you were doing, what that was like? Yeah, I was one of those kids that wasn't really interested in having things, but mainly uh, getting out and, and seeing the world. So I was very fortunate enough to be 
in a position where my my parents allowed me to travel. So I went with Nevada Union High School uh, to England with our drama club, and I traveled to Spain for my senior project with Nevada Union again. Um, And I think through these traveling experiences, and it continued through college, um, I was able to just really gain a perspective and appreciation for cultures outside of my own, how people operate and live differently, just the value of hard work and also the value of service. I actually had an opportunity to go to Uganda with Dr. Kellerman um, when I was in college. And at that time, he was just operating a clinic out of his the back of his truck uh, with his wife, Carol. Um, and that was an amazing experience. Uh, I also have volunteered with the Himalayan Rescue Association in Nepal. So uh, I've had an opportunity to get out of Nevada County a little bit. And uh, sometimes if you grow up here, the first thing that you want to do when you can is leave. Uh, so when I was 17, graduated high school, I uh, left to Davis to attend UC Davis for college. And I was there for a total of about six years Um after I graduated, I stayed for a little bit, and then I lived in Colorado for three years and got to experience that. And then in 2013, I uh, moved back to Nevada County as an adult. So after all those uh, travels and experiences you collected, uh, was there something in particular that you you knew or that drew you back to our community here in Nevada City, Grass Valley, Nevada County? I think having my family here was the main draw, to be honest. And that transition back as an adult after being gone for about 10 years, I don't think it was an easy one at first. Uh, I, I tried to embed myself in the same routines I did when I was a kid, and they didn't exist anymore. But when I tried to assimilate as an adult arriving to a brand new place, I absolutely fell in love with this county my eyes were opened with how much is going on here and how progressive um, and cultured we are in this community. It was so eye-opening. I, my first job, actually, that I got when I moved back was with Freed, um, the independent living center here. And that was kind of my entrance into into the community again is working with Freed. Yeah, absolutely. What a what a strong organization they have been for our community too. So, you know, you kind of pinpointed what I was going to ask you as the next question, but if you have anything else to add, it's just you said um, falling in love with this area all over again and how, you know, the different experiences you could have here. Was there a certain, like, pinpoint moment that you re-fell in love with Nevada County? Was it was it with this first job at Freed, or is it um, maybe more progressive as you've held these different roles and progressed in our community? I think it was on multiple levels that I fell in love with this community Anyone who lives here or has visited here understands and appreciates how beautiful it is, um, but also that our community 
collaboratively works to protect that beauty. I, I really appreciated that, especially after traveling abroad. Um, I think starting my career with Freed gave me a, an entire new awareness also of just the, the service aspect of our county and all uh, how hard people work to get resources available to anyone who needs them. Uh, when I graduated from college, my dad uh, was struggling, uh, had a long battle with Parkinson's disease, actually. And um, our family, we were kind of grandfathered into a health plan that meant that we had to drop, travel a far distance to Sacramento to get our health care services. So we were not really aware of our, or privy to the idea that there were services and supports here locally. And it was, it was a challenge. My dad um, being home and, and struggling and declining, my mom working full time, um, we had no idea what we could tap into. So it was pretty isolating. We weren't right downtown. We were pretty far out. So when I moved back into town and saw job position at Freed, it was part-time, and it kind of had a funny name called the Fix-It Coordinator, and I applied to it because this little nonprofit organization and this little unit within this nonprofit does what seems like little things, but it's life-changing for people. Um, Freed, for those of you who don't know, they do whatever they can to keep people in their homes if they have a disability or or a disease or um, are declining in health instead of moving them into long-term care. And awareness of programs and services like that would have been monumental during my dad's uh, disease process. So I was so delighted to have that job and it just opened my eyes to so much else that happens here. Um, I transitioned to a full-time job working as the um, hospital transition coordinator with Freed and again I got introduced to this amazing little rural hospital that does wonderful things um, and it was it was kind of a sequence after that, Taylor, of one kind of service-oriented job to the next. I was with Freed for just under a year um, when I started with the Department of Social Services in Nevada County, and I was in the role there of um, deputy public guardian. And it was a it was a big responsibility. And um, Tamron Cook gave me a chance uh, to be in a in a big role. And again, just opening my eyes to how hard people work in this county for just for the greater good or for individual well-being. Um, boy, did I fall in love with working for the county and this county at large when I started working for social services. It was, um, it was a love story. I was honored to be there and I was honored to, to serve and represent the people that I did. Yeah, absolutely. And and now I think we come to today where you've taken on this role with public health after, you know, kind of a monumental, unforgettable year with public health as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about 
your role as emergency preparedness coordinator for public health and a little bit more detail of, of what exactly that means, what your day-to-day is like? Yeah, it's been an interesting ride, Taylor. (laughs) I started in September of 2019 with the Department of Public Health, and I was here less than a month before this county experienced our first PSPS, our public safety power shutoff. And if we think back at that first PSPS, it was a huge event for us because we had no backup power, so we lost power to everything. So we um, activated our emergency operations center just so we can support uh, we could support the critical infrastructure of our county. So um, a few short weeks into the job at public health, and I was sitting in the EOC with you and with others, uh, seeing how we could support our county and get us through this kind of mini disaster <laughs> or potential disaster. Um, so we had a sequence of PSPSs that year in the fall. Um, each one, uh, we kind of got better at responding to. Our community became more and more prepared. Um, and then we enter into February 2020. And that's um, kind of going to go down in the history books of entering into something none of us expected. And all of us were... Um, blown away by the impact that this pandemic had globally. So my job as emergency preparedness coordinator has been an anomaly (laughs) thus far because we've been in emergency response and activation mode for, I think, 20 of the or 17 of the 20 months that I have been here. So I could tell you what my job maybe is supposed to entail and what it has entailed. Um, But in a nutshell, I'm here to be um, available to our critical partners and our hospitals and our healthcare partners to build connections between those partners, to allow for a space and a platform for them to discuss and create plans and to exercise those plans and implement those plans like they've done so in the past year. Um, I work with, you know, the immunization team here in the Department of Public Health to anything that involves basically the well-being of our county. So in the past several months, it's been rolling out the COVID vaccine. Um, there's a partnership with the IZ team and myself, um, but but really, I need I remain available and and a convener for our critical partners. And then, as we're winding down from this pandemic, it will be very exciting to bring those partners back to a table, hopefully in person, a literal table, so that we can look at the plans that we've made and see how we can become stronger and more collaborative collaborative, um, as a community. I think that's the most exciting part of my job is now that we've experienced all of this, I have an opportunity to say, let's all work together to be better. And how are we stronger? Let's talk about it. Yeah, man, it's been it's been quite a couple of years, and it's uh, interesting just walking through that timeline with you and and reliving it a little bit. As you noted, we've been through some of those events together. Um, but yeah. 
you know, it's a really important point, too, about the different organizations from from free to some of these emergency response efforts. You know, why um, you walked us through why you're drawn to them or, you know, your path to here. But why are they why do you think they're important to the community and maybe even reflecting on um, the past year plus that you've had with the public health team and, and how that experience has been with the community relations? Yeah, I'll tell you what, this public health department is the hardest work of, hardest working group of people I have ever met in my life, Taylor. Um, I, have, I have personally never worked so hard in my life, and I am surrounded by people who have poured blood, sweat, and tears into their work of service. It truly has been a monumental work of service. Uh, to keep this community safe and informed in the past year. It has been so inspiring and so humbling to see the brilliant minds work around me. Um, But also there was this element of frustration and fear and all of those things that the public experienced. We experienced too. You know, there were so many questions going into this pandemic and Sometimes the question was answered with another question, you know, such as science goes, right? But it's very hard to be able to explain that when people are frustrated, when their livelihoods have been taken away or challenged. Um, So there has been this community-wide stress and strain uh, with the department and just with the public themselves wanting more information and not understanding, you know, why certain steps were taken and why things happened for so long. And we hear that. We absolutely hear that. And like I said, we feel that as well. But I assure you, and Taylor, we've worked together now since the day I started, I assure you that the people that I am surrounded by in this building have done nothing, nothing but work their hardest for the for the benefit, for the well-being of the residents in Nevada County. It's it's truly been a beautiful thing to watch. Then, you know, is there someone you'd like to thank or maybe mentors along the line of your career path from, from A to Z, from Freed to your position with public health yeah. who have been a positive influence on you? Oh, thank you for asking that question and giving me the opportunity to do that. I have been so fortunate, so, so fortunate with the uh, supervisors and the managers that I have uh, worked with over the years since I came back to Nevada County in 2013. I mentioned starting my journey with Freed and getting an opportunity to work with Anna Acton. I'm sure she has been on this show maybe more than once. Who knows? Anna is amazing. She, uh, she inspires people everywhere she goes. Um, so to, to work hand-in-hand hand with her, boy, um, what a gift, truly, um, just to open my eyes to so much I wasn't aware of and be able to advocate for populations that deserve to be advocated for. Anna is amazing. Um, as I said, I went from Freed to the Department of Social Services, and I gave a shout-out earlier to Tamron Cook, who gave me a chance Um Tamron is is brilliant. 
have you had her on this show? She is amazing. Um, she, you know, she blew me away every single day that we worked together. She's also the public guardian for, or was the public guardian for the county um, until she she moved to a different unit within social services. But talking about an inspiring leader and, you know, right beside her is Kelly Carpenter, the current public guardian. Kelly was my supervisor for over five years, and she is the most amazing person. Uh, it was really an honor to work with her, also a brilliant mind. Um, and then to present day, again, I could go on and on and on about how lucky I am to work with it for the Department of Public Health. If you haven't thanked these people, you need to because they're incredible. My current boss is Jill Blake, the Director of Public Health. Uh, you've probably, uh, I don't know, had her on this show, but you've definitely seen her um, around. And she is one of the hardest working people that I know. Such a good heart. Uh, and then uh, just a quick shout out to Cindy Wilson, Glennis Roche, Liz Matson. Those are the other um, people. And I know that these are all women. And I've done that, um, not necessarily on purpose, but I am surrounded with really strong, smart, caring female bosses and coworkers and and leaders and it's how fortunate I am you know I think that that is really what keeps us moving forward uh, and growing in in this life Taylor is you know you do it as well we surround ourselves to the best of our ability with strong mentors and leaders and we do whatever we can to never stop learning from them right and then eventually we allow ourselves to become the, those mentors and those leaders. But, wow, yeah, what an what a amazing group of managers I've had. Yeah, and, you know, it's showing through. You have a lot of passion for what you do and a lot of love for what you do. But what, what also do you get back in return for your investment of time and energy? And I think this question is especially unique reflecting on the past year as well what what makes these roles in the civic engagement worthwhile for you hmm. i think that um to be honest being of service it's something i saw modeled in my parents i don't i don't remember a time growing up where one of my parents wasn't involved in a community service of some sort whether it was teaching art at school um teaching school sports um engaged with church my mom, Maria, my dad, Bob, they were always doing something to give back. So I saw that model at a really young age. And I, to my core, feel like that's the reason that I was put on this planet is to be of service. Um, so it is, it's my pleasure. I, I don't know what else to say. That's what I get back. Even in the hardest of days in this past year, I knew that I was doing the right thing with doing the work that I was doing. So to know that my North Star was straight on and that I was doing things for the greater good and for the well-being of this community um, was enough that I needed to keep going. And it's, and it's a great feeling even today um, to see that your work is contributing to, to bigger things. Um, but like I said, I, I am a product of those who were gracious enough to provide me mentorship, how lucky am I to be surrounded by um, such phenomenal people in this county? So, yeah. 
And, you know, you we talked about mentors just now, too, and, and becoming mentors for other people. You still have, you know, a great career path ahead of you. Uh, what are some things that you'd still like to accomplish um, either in your career or maybe other areas that you're engaged in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that now that the pandemic is hopefully winding down, um, it sounds weird, but it's back to business for me. <laughs> uh, I get to do uh, what I signed up to do in this job. And that is um, bringing our incredible partners together and working on on plans. And um, I think that I have a lot of education ahead of me. Uh, we learned a lot in this last year. So to come together and review what we did right, what we did wrong, where we could go better, um, not only here locally, but on a regional and national level, global level, really, um, I am extremely excited to learn from others on how, God forbid, we do this again in, in a decade, you know, how are we going to be better? How are we going to be more prepared? And that is the name of the game for me in this position as emerge, public health emergency preparedness coordinator. It's all about preparation, um, but I am completely dependent on our collaborative efforts in this community on that dictates our level of preparedness. So that is exciting to me. Um, you know, you've held all these different roles, have this pretty vast, I will say for your age experience, um, kind of all leading you up into this point from, from the different experiences that you've had uh, with our community, these different organizations, what have you learned about leadership um, in general? What what works and what doesn't? Oh, that's great. I think that um, good leaders do whatever they can to support and, and bolster the efforts of the people around them who are doing great work, right? So whether that's giving them opportunities for advancement or highlighting the work that they have done or supporting the efforts that they have underway. Those are the best. Those are the things that the best leaders do. And those are the things that my current leader does, right? The director, Jill Blake, she, she bolsters our efforts and, and supports us at, at every turn. So um, I think that a, being a leader is mean, means not to focus on yourself, but to focus on those who are, with you in the great cause. And, uh, you know, we have a couple minutes left. We're rounding down to the end of our interview together. Um, but how do you, how do you approach your job and your leadership style to outside of just the mentorship piece? Um, what's your mental frame of state and how do you drive and push forward during um, years like we've just had uh, through those work experiences or um, yeah. even tough situations like you're talking about with your family earlier and navigating that. Taylor, I'm a big fan of pushing your comfort zone, and that is certainly what we've had to do in the last year. I, I am a fan and a proponent of trying hard and being willing to stumble or even fall because ultimately – we can do hard things, and I think sometimes we forget that. But again, the last year has proven that we indeed can do hard things. Um, 
I am strong and we are strong. This community is strong. We are tough as nails, actually. Um, and we use that strength. I use that strength to kind of rise above um, the challenges and and learn from it. And I think that, you know, for a long time, it was a scary thing to do something that was uncomfortable. Um, but now I see that it means growth, ultimately. So I think that's my leadership style is push your comfort zone, get uncomfortable. It's okay. It's going to be, uh, it's going to mean growth in the end. And we're, we have probably a little bit less than two minutes left, probably coming close to our minute mark. Um, but can you just leave the audience with any last advice of um, how they can get engaged with the community, whether it's with public health, search and rescue, um, how do they get out there and, get involved yeah i mean whatever you're passionate in go seek out a group in this county we have so many groups here that do great things and ask to volunteer um if you, if you don't think of anything you know go go out and and seek it out um, there's a lot of opportunities it's it's been a hard year um, and it's time to rebuild as a community, time to come together. So I would encourage people to seek out what they're passionate about and, and come together again. Thank you so much for being my guest tonight. We've been speaking with Kim, Kim Blix, Emergency Preparedness Coordinator for the Nevada County Department of Public Health. You've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR.